0: Guys, Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Okay, welcome to Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys, Guys Radio, we're here to inform you and to inspire you, empower you, and help you think, feel, and act, and kind of Look past that fence around your backyard to see what else is out there. That's what we're really all about in Guys, Guys Radio. Bring you stories and experiences and information from our over 417 shows and all the guests that came with us, probably close to 500 guests because a lot of our shows, like today, we have two guests. So Guys, Guys Radio. So, special show today, it's about dieting. And if you've been under quarantine like we all have for the last couple of months, you probably put on a couple of pounds because a lot of nervous eating has gone down over those last few months. And as things open up and summer's coming, people want to shed those pounds. So, we've got two great guests Dr. Ian Smith. He's written a book called Mind Overweight, and he's a real diet expert. He's written like 10 or 12 books on dieting, and they're fantastic. And also, we've got Jin Stevens, who's going to talk about a very special uh, diet called intermittent fasting. That ma- many of you may know, where you eat six hours a day, uh, and then t- and then fast for eighteen hours, or you could do it uh, in different days. Some days you eat, some days you don't. But we're going to get into all of that. Doctor Smith is going to help us with the mental aspect of dieting. You know, thirty-three million Americans are on diets right now, and they're spending billions of dollars, and. It's important that people know how to get started in their diet and how to keep the focus on their diet and how to keep at it because it's very easy to fall off the wagon when you're dieting and just say, you know what, maybe I can have that one chocolate bar, that one slice of pizza, or maybe a little dish of ice cream because I'm uptight, whatever, but it adds up. And I'm one of these people where I'm on a diet or I'm not, so um, I eat well. Eat healthy, eat organic, but I'm in or I'm not in when it comes to dieting. And uh, I've been doing the intermittent fasting for the past, I'm on my third week now, and it's my third time trying it. And I'll be honest, I have failed in my first two attempts. I think it takes longer than two weeks, and Jen, will, uh, Jen Stevens will explain that to us. But I'm on the third week, I'm feeling good, I'm eating less. I've lost about three pounds only, though. Um, but It takes a while for it to kick in. The good news is I wake up and I'm eating from 1 to 7, uh, 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., and I haven't been hungry. So that's good. It took me a couple of days to get through that, but uh, I'm just going to keep going for now and see what happens. So Guys, Guys Radio, we're going to talk about diet today, how to get your head wrapped around it, and how to to attempt intermittent fasting if that is something you so desire to attempt. Guys, Guys Radio, we're going to get after it right now.
1: It's Guy's Guy Radio.
0: As I mentioned, we have a special guest, and I remember him back from my time living in New York City. He was on Channel 4 News all the time. He's just a really terrific guy, Ian K. Smith, MD. Let's just talk about a little bit what we're going to cover today. You know, every day of every year, thousands of people start some type of weight loss transformation journey. Millions of diet plans out there, we've all been on them, but very few address the key to weight loss success. And it's really between your ears. What goes on inside your head? And I think it's a brilliant idea that Dr. Smith has. He's come up with this book called Mind Overweight, Curb Cravings, Find Motivation, and Hit Your Number in Seven Simple Steps. But let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Smith because he's a real icon in the wellness and diet area. He's a number one New York Times bestselling author, author many times, Clean and Lean, The Clean 20, Shred, Super Shred, The Shred Power Cleanse, blast the sugar out and the book i got started on his work which was the smash fat diet and i lost about 20 pounds on that and that was about 10 years ago but i really learned a lot about myself my food cravings and how to manage them he's also created two national health initiatives the 50 million pound challenge and the makeover mile and he served two terms with president obama's council on fitness sports and nutrition graduate of Harvard, Columbia, University of Chicago's Pritzick School of Medicine. He's an avid fitness enthusiast, a sportsman, and I can tell you, because I'm looking at him right now, Dr. Smith does not age, so he's doing something right. Welcome to Guys, Guys Radio, Dr. Ian Smith.
1: Oh, man, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be with you.
0: Well, let's start right at the beginning. What You've written so many books on uh, you know, diet and wellness, and this one's on the mental aspect of it, and I think it's fantastic, but What, in your experience, are the number one issues people have when they try to get and and fulfill these programs?
1: You know, I've been wanting to write this book, Mind Overweight, for a very long time. And the reason why I've been wanting to write it is because over the years, see, I learned as much as I teach. I, I always consider myself a student of the game. And so I'm constantly asking people who are on my programs, you know, what was it that made it work? What didn't make it work? Why did you decide all of a sudden to do it? And what I've gleaned over the years is that what happens in the six inches between the ears is the biggest differentiator between those who succeed and those who either don't succeed or who minimally succeed. And what they all taught me and told me about was motivation. They would say, it's all about the motivation. You know, how do you find your motivation? How do you keep your motivation? How do you boost your confidence when things are tough and you feel like you're messed up and you want to get off the program? How do you build a winning environment around you? You know, you got a tough situation at work where there's bad food. You may have a home situation where a spouse or a loved one is like not purposely, but kind of sabotaging your plans because you're doing right. something something else. So all these things that I've given advice over the years for, I finally decided to say to my publisher, "Listen, guys, we got to publish this because this is this is the game changer for people. If they can get their mind in the right place, then everything else will fall in line." But You know, you can have the best diet plan, the best exercise plan, but if your mind is not right, you can throw it away because you are not going to maximize the success on any of those plans.
0: Okay. The book is called Mind Over Weight, Curb Cravings, Find Motivation, Hit Your Number in Seven Simple Steps. So let's start right at the beginning. What is the first step? Um, You talk about motivation. How do people, quote unquote, unlock it or actually discover what their true motivation is? Because people say, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. And then they'll say, I tried or I'm trying to and I should do this. And uh, the whole thing falls apart after about a week. So how do you lock in Unlock your motivation and set it in motion.
1: Okay, so there are a couple things in that chapter. the the reason why it's the first chapter is the most important thing, I think. What I say to people is think back at a time when you overcame something that was difficult, whether it was an experience at work, whether it was an exam in college, whether it was something with your family, whatever it was. Think back a time when you had to do something that was very difficult and you were having a rough time, but you stuck to it and you accomplished it. That's the first thing, right? We all have those moments. And then I just want you to, to think back about what it was in that experience that actually motivated you. Did you do it because you wanted a good grade in college and you didn't want your parents to see a bad grade on your report card? Did you do it because you wanted to see your kids? You, didn't, you wanted to be healthy enough to see your kids and run around with them when they were five and six years? Whatever your motivation is, find what it has been historically. Then I teach you about the different types of motivators. There are internal motivators Mm -hmm. and external motivators. An internal motivator is when something inspires you or motivates you from within. For example, you do something for the pure pleasure of it. For example, I like to read and write thrillers, mysteries, which is true, because I enjoy the process of it. It's just great to me. That's an internal motivator. I'm getting internal satisfaction. Where an external motivator is something like this. I want to lose 15 pounds because in three weeks I'm going to an island on vacation and I want to look good on the beach and mm-hmm. I want people to say that I look good. So what we've learned in motivation science is that in order for motivation to be effective, you need a combination of both internal motivators and external motivators. And I help you in the book identify what those may be for you. And once you have your combination, then you are ready to go.
0: Okay. You mentioned something in the, in this chapter, the all important first chapter about the TTM trans-theoretical model, and then get, being ready. Um, talk to us a little bit about the and the steps after that: pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance. There's a there's a lot here. And to me, it is the critical chapter in the book because you have to really put some work in to get through this. It's not, it's not like tough work. It's work that's it's self-serving. It's good work for you, but you have to put in a little bit of effort. Talk to us about that, doctor. Yeah, the
1: trans-theoretical model, or TTM, is also called the stages of change model. And my mother-in-law, who's a psychiatrist, really got me hip to this, by the way, because I was talking to her one day in the kitchen about this. And here's the deal. The problem is... Change occurs in stages, right? And so I take you through the stages. There's pre-contemplation, there's contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And basically, what it's saying is, you gotta decide where you fall in the stages of change. You may actually not be ready to change. You may be in the stage, the pre-contemplation stage, where you're really not ready, and by the way, that's not a negative thing, it's not a judgment, it's just you're not ready. You could have stressors at work or at home, you could have uh, difficulties in life that you don't have the energy or the time to really focus on your weight loss journey. So what I do with this TTN is I let you figure out, and it's the Eureka scale, by the way, developed by uh, the Rhode Island Change Assessment Scale, what it does is it says to you, answer these questions, you'll get a readiness number, and that will determine, are you really ready to change, or are you almost ready to change? And here's one of the things I want to say very quickly, is that so many people fail diet programs, not because they don't try hard, not because they're, that their mind and heart aren't in it. It's because they're simply not ready for it. They try to do it at the wrong time. People will say, I'm going to change January 1st because it's the mm-hmm. new year. No, 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 no. That may not be the right time for you, right? So this opening chapter, this opening assessment scale is for you to be able to say, am I really ready to change? Now, once you are ready to change, then the rest of the book will take you you know, down the journey and get you to the, the steps you need to execute to make a difference.
0: Dr. Ian Smith is here with us on Guys, Guys Radio. The name of the new book is Mind Overweight, Curb Cravings, Find Motivation, Hit Your Number in Seven Simple Steps. So the first one is really about unlocking your motivation. And then we talked a little bit about internal and external goal setting. So why don't we move to uh, the the all important, uh, setting the right plan for you. Because a lot of times, there's so much information out there. People are like, should I eat meat? Do I eat meat? What sugar's bad? I know that. What can I have? Like, they get all freaked out as to, you know, I can't eat that bread. Well, this type of bread you can eat, but this type of bread you can't eat. And people get confused. So how do people set the right program, find and set the right program for themselves when they're trying to manage their weight?
1: Yes. I structured this book. So it's seven small chapters, as you can see. The book is very small. It's an easy read. You can read it on a flight from New York to LA. That was my design, by the way. And each chapter is so critical to the overall plan for yourself. So in this case, so many people choose a plan because they heard that someone else did well on a plan, or they read a magazine and see that Beyonce did this, or you know, Hugh Jackman did this for a role. Right. And that, that may have worked for them, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So this chapter is all about you asking yourself so a few but very critical questions about whether or not it's the right plan. So, for example, is this plan affordable? Like, can you actually afford the foods on this plan? Mm-hmm. Um, are the foods accessible? Are you gonna have to go to five different grocery stores to be able to get the foods on this plan? Is the plan too extreme? Is it saying you can't have any have any carbs whatsoever? So, you know. Are you going to be able to follow a plan that says you can only eat these restricted foods? And then, is it sustainable? I mean, can you do this plan for the long term, or is it something you're going to do for two or three weeks? So, this chapter is critical because once you answer the questions in this chapter, then you can look at all these different plans that are out there on the shelves that you hear about all the time. And then you can say, nope, that won't work. That won't work. Ah, this one checks off the most boxes. Mm -hmm. And now you've set yourself up to have the best chance of succeeding because now you're choosing a plan that you've already kind of pre-filtered out. You've already kind of, pre, you know, t- had the, re- the prerequisites for you. You've already done that now. And so now it's about getting into the plan and doing it. But let me tell you, the mistake people make is they read a headline in the newspaper or some TV show and they just go get it. And, hey, sometimes it might work, but a lot of times it doesn't.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so true. Great advice uh, in terms of getting ready. So once somebody picks the right plan for them and they go through their qualification process uh, in a mindful way that they're going to get faced with after a couple of days or at least the first week or so, you know, those cravings, whether it be sugar is a big one, of course, and uh, meat could be for some people. But what, what are the cravings uh, that most people have? And how do you, as you say in the book, crush the cravings? Because it's tough with sugar. I just want one last, you know, sugar, our body's made up of uh, 90 percent microbes and then 10 percent us. So the microbes are a lot of times saying we want the sugar, buddy, and uh, we have to overcome that. I don't think a lot of people understand that 90 percent of our bodies and correct me if I'm wrong here are really not us. There are there are microbes that have their own lives that are inside of us.
1: Yeah, we have billions of microbes that live inside, particularly our gastrointestinal tract. Right. And we need them, by the way. They're good bacteria and bad bacteria. We can get that in a second. But let me just um, let me explain this cravings thing to people. Let me put it to you like this. There's a difference between cravings and hunger. Hunger is different. Hunger is your body's physiological need to eat. And it doesn't go away until you, you feed it. The body says, I need nutrition, I need calories, I need energy. That's hunger. Now, this is the example. You get into your car, you're riding your car, the oil light comes on. And the oil light says low oil. That oil light is going to stay on. I don't care how many times you turn the car off or on. That oil light's gonna stay on until you put oil in it, then it goes away, correct? Yep. Yes, now, here's a craving. A craving is mediated by a neurotransmitter, a chemical in your brain called dopamine. And what this dopamine does is this. When you eat something or drink something that tastes good or makes you feel good, your body floods the brain with dopamine. And that dopamine says to your brain, remember what it was that I ate or drank that made me feel good, okay? Mm -hmm. So we get this memory going. Now, a week Mm -hmm. later, you think about that food or you smell that food or you see that food in person on TV and you know what happens? Your body releases a lot of dopamine and that dopamine says, oh my goodness, I love this. Let me go get it. So now you got to go answer that craving. So now you want to go and get those chocolate chip cookies or that bag of potato chips. But here's the deal, though. Cravings are temporary. They only last 15 to 20 minutes. So here's the example for this. Okay. Imagine you get into the car and the, the prompt on your, your screen says, do you want to connect your Bluetooth? And let's say you don't, you don't do anything with it. Don't do anything. Just let it sit there. Guess what? After a few minutes when you drive away, that prompt goes away it goes away. That is what a craving is. If you can outlast the craving, it's going to go away. But in the book, in case you can't outlast the craving, I give you some very simple swaps in chap- chapter four that will answer your salt, your sweet, or your savory cravings without reaching for those high calorie, low nutritional value foods, but some fun tasty foods that also give you great energy.
0: I touched on meat, and I don't want to get off track with the book too much. But you know, uh, one of the things I love about your work is that you're you're in moderation. You you don't you don't deny people everything. You you know the, you can get a little reward here and there. It's not an absolute type of program uh, that you you're, you're preaching and writing about. But you know, there's so much going on with meat nowadays. I. I haven't eaten meat in about 12 years. I feel great and uh, I, I don't miss it because there's plenty of plant-based substitutes, but I have a lot of friends who are now eating actually more meat and eating all the fat on the meat and they're in this kind of carnivorous diet. What's your sense? I know we're a little bit, a little bit of a right turn, but what's your feeling about this whole thing with what's going on with meat?
1: What a great question. And I love the word carnivorous, by the way. What a great question. Uh, okay, listen, my wife, for example, is plant-based. Only she doesn't eat meat anymore. She used to, but she stopped eating meat. I'm an am an omnivore. I eat everything. Okay, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Now here's the key. The key is what type of meat are you eating, right? So you know you want to stay away from meats that have antibiotics, that have hormones, in which the the beef was raised in a very um,
0: like the factory type thing. Yes,
1: unhealthy kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know you want it to be free range. That means out and out in the grass or the pasture. Uh, that's critical. So. These days you got to. the beauty of these days is that now we have all that information. So if you're going to buy beef, you want to make sure it's antibiotic free, it's hormone free, it's pasture raised, not raised in cages, mm-hmm. right? So these are, this is the key. Now there are things there are great things about meat. Great protein in meat, vitamin B12 in meat, so meat iron. So meat isn't awful, but the the types of meat we have traditionally eaten and the way we prepare the meat that is what starts giving us problems, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so for me, I say if you want to eat meat. Now, I eat meat, but I eat meat uh, maybe a couple times a week. I love seafood. Fish is great. I love salmon. So it really is about, like you said, moderation. It's about the diversity of your diet. Now, listen. On my Instagram page, I put up a two-week free shelter-in-place meal plan that has everything. So go to my Instagram page. It's Got at it. Doctor Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out. I A N Smith. And I put some exercise, a three-minute at-home exercise that people can do very easily with no machine, no equipment. But that is a great uh, uh, example of how I believe you can have a diverse menu and still lose weight.
0: Got it. You know, and it's interesting, You know, when you said pasture-raised, we buy uh, here in the Manny household, we buy pasture-raised eggs. And you can see the difference in the, the color of the yolk and the nutritional value and the density of it, it really seems to stick with us a lot longer. You have a couple of these eggs and it's like, wow, I don't need to eat for hours. Whereas some of the store bought eggs, they, they don't have the same vibrancy to them. And maybe it's because of the steroids and the antibiotics and the stress that's, that's on these chickens. But anyhow, I digress. Let's get back to the book, uh, Mind Overweight, Curb Your Cravings, Find Motivation, Hit Your Number, In Seven Simple Steps, Dr. Ian K. Smith, MD, is our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. I think we're up to uh, confidence now. Uh, You want to be able to give yourself some type of psychic rewards when you go through any type of diet program. And you have some advice on this in Chapter 5 of the book.
1: Yes. So Chapter 5 really is about how do you boost your confidence. What's really cool about this chapter, I love about this chapter, is the beginning of it. So in the beginning, there's a little uh, self-assessment called the Rosenberg. assessment. It's a self-esteem scale. And what happens is you answer a few questions on page 132 to 133, not many questions, but you answer these questions, 10 questions, and then you get a score. And with this score, you then determine what your level of confidence is. And it's interesting. Some people who I have thought all my life were very confident actually took this as a self-esteem scale. And they said to me, wow, I actually have some self-esteem issues I didn't know about. So it really is very, um, if you're honest with the answer, it really can be very revealing for you, right? So once you do that, then I talk about some, and I'll just give a couple, some, some signs that you may lack confidence. You're overly defensive. Uh, you uh, are unable to enjoy the present because you fear the future. Uh, you don't take compliments well. You, you know, you're always seeking external validation. So there's a whole list of things for you to look at. And then I transition into how do you build your confidence? visualizing who you want to be silence the opinions of others have realistic expectations acknowledge your own success sometimes it's okay attack your fears find support focus on your strengths so it really and by the way one thing i can't emphasize this enough it's a small it's not a big it's not a heavy read it's really simple stuff i want this to be very accessible to people but this chapter is all about you evaluating where you are in your self-esteem finding some of the chinks in the armor some of the weaknesses and then taking some of the steps to bolster your confidence because mm-hmm. that's what you need to win
0: and one of the nice things about the book and what you're uh, professing is that um a, a lot of these things uh i think uh, transcend just diet they're into living your best life and i give you big congrats on that doctor two more chapters here we've got building a winning environment and i think that's a, true with anything where you want to have people who are kind of uh, at least not going to work against you when you're going through a new program, whether it's a job or a diet whatever. And then also the most important thing, I think, is that you mentioned fixing your relationship with food. So could you touch on those two chapters?
1: Yes. First of all, what you said is absolutely correct. Even though this book is written mind over weight and we're talking about weight loss, it's about life. All these these suggestions and this advice makes you successful in life overall. Listen, building a win environment is very simple. Who do you surround yourself with? What do you surround yourself with? Are you around positivity or negativity? Are you around people who support you or people who are trying to distract and tear you down? Are you making sure that you are giving your best chance, your best opportunity to succeed? Right. There's so many things that we actually have control over and we don't take advantage of that. Now, some things we don't have control over. But the thing this chapter is about the things you have control over and how do you. Build a nurturing, supportive environment so that you win. Then the last chapter is about fixing your relationship to food. You said it yourself. You said that you now think differently about food after doing my fat smash diet, right? So now the question is, yeah. Now the question is, how do you see food? Is food a friend? Is it a medication? Do you eat it when you're stressed? Or do you respect that food is about sustenance? Food is your fuel. Food is what is going to make you look better and feel better and live longer. Or are you someone where food is always a celebration? You know, something great happens, I go to food. Something bad happens, I go to food. You know, how do you treat food? So in that chapter, the last chapter, I really want you to have a better understanding of how powerful food can be for us. And by the way, I'm not saying you can't have fun with food. i never mm-hmm. say that. I still want you to have fun, but I want you to have it in context. And understand that when you sit down sometimes, you got to think about your car. When you pull up to the gas station because you're low on fuel, you want to put the best fuel in your tank so your car can run well and the engine runs well and you get some distance. Same thing with food in your body. you got to put the best fuel in your body so you can do the same
2: thing.
0: Great answer. Um, the book, once again, Mind Over Weight. Dr. Ian K. Smith, and I love the way the book ends, which is mind over top 10 thoughts to live by. I'll just throw out number one, that we should all be mindful of. Every day is a chance to hit the reset button. So it ain't over till it's over and it may not even be over then. So just keep plugging away and you'll get to where you're going. Dr. Smith, any final thoughts to share with our audience in terms of just overall how to get onto one of these programs and really make sure you do it right? I'm sure after you wrote the book, he said, hey, you know what, this is really a key behind it because when you create, you learn while you're creating, right?
1: Yeah, I wanna say to people, remember, big changes occur in incremental changes. So it's the addition of small changes that give you the big results. Don't try to do too much too fast, make all these major changes because it's too upsetting to you and to your system. But if you can build on these small changes, you will see results over a week and two weeks and three weeks. Remember, this is not a sprint, It's a marathon. Once again, go to my Instagram page at Dr. Ian Smith, spell the doctor out. Ian Smith, look for the checkmark, by the way, don't go to the fake account. But really take advantage of all that free content I'm trying to give you guys. Exercise at home, uh, two week meal plan at home, and you can make a difference in your life.
0: Awesome. So you mentioned an Instagram account. Where else can people find out more about you, Dr. Smith and your work?
1: My Twitter is Dr. Ian Smith, D-R-Ian Smith. And my uh, website is DrIanSmith.com, spell the doctor out. And uh, just Google me, you'll find me.
0: <laughs> great interview. I love the work you're doing. I, I actually bought Fat Smash Diet way back when. I went through the program. It worked. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about food. I learned a lot about nutrition. Thank you so much, Dr. Smith, for being on Guys Guys Radio. You are a guys guy.
1: Wow, that's great. Thank you so much. It's Guy's
0: Guy Radio. Your host, Robert Manny. As I mentioned, I have a very special guest today. Her name is Jen Stevens, and um, she's written this book about a a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart, and that is about wellness and fitness and diet, and it's about intermittent fasting. And I am a failed intermittent faster, so maybe Jen can help us and help all you out there who have considered this. The name of the book is called Fast Fast. Feast Repeat the Comprehensive Guide to Delay, Don't Deny, Intermittent Fasting, coming out soon. Uh, Jen Stevens, let me tell you a little bit about Jen. Uh, She lost over 80 pounds by fully embracing the intermittent fasting, the IF lifestyle. Since 2014, she's written the best-selling book, Delay, Don't Deny, launched an IF intermittent fasting website on four online support groups, self-published four books, and created two top-ranked podcasts intermittent fasting stories and intermittent fasting podcast welcome to guys guys radio jen stevens so glad you're here
2: well hey i'm so glad to be here with you and thank you for having me so i am so interested in what you said about being a failed intermittent faster you know i have to <laughs> I have well, to explore that with you
0: <laughs> all right so let's start there so okay. i've been uh I, I've, I've always stayed in shape since uh, you know, since being a teen, and whenever I find I find myself falling out a little bit, I'll look at my fitness routine and also my diet. And I like to eat, and uh, I'm Italian, and I like to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat. And I know some things aren't that good for me, so I've tried every single type of diet out there and uh and then i developed my own so i did fail with intermittent fasting what i tried was you can eat for like six hours the way i did it the way i learned which is a couple of years ago and i tried it three separate occasions okay. and, I'm not, and I, I would love to learn about how to do it correctly because maybe i was yeah. doing it wrong but what i did was i would uh you know take the 18 hours off and then i would eat from between noon and 6 p.m and i basically ate what i wanted and i didn't lose any weight and i didn't feel great and i like i was very frustrating so i did it for a week and then i no results and then i waited a couple weeks i did it again no results it had to be something i was doing wrong because i know so many people who swear by it so tell us about your experience and then maybe you can get into a little bit of my experience but this should be all about you and how to do this successfully not about my failures
2: yeah I have several really large Facebook support groups with over 350,000 combined members so you know when we have people who have problems with their fasting the very first thing I would ask you what were you drinking during the fast during the well, period of, of the day when you were, were well, you know I've, in the fasted state
0: in the fastest state, water, basically. Just water, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe tea or something like that. But I, I basically, uh, you know, I didn't eat any food, so I it wasn't like I was drinking alcohol during my right. 18 hours. I was just basically water, tea, uh, maybe uh, some type of uh, energy drink. There not, you go, not, okay. I not just not, not the caffeine, not not the caffeine energy, but something like that. Uh, we, uh, like we a diet. No, like something that, like a, a zero Gatorade or right. uh, yep. one of these flavored waters or something. Right. After I work out, I have to have something. Yeah, So okay. beyond water, but I, I can't believe that just that stuff would 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 make me fail the way I failed.
2: Well, I'm going to open your eyes today, and I'm going to (laughs) challenge you to take the clean fast challenge, and that's something that's different in my book, Fast, Feast, Repeat. The clean fast is something that's different to me. And with the clean fast, we have three goals. First of all, we want to keep our insulin levels low because insulin, when your insulin levels are high, you have a hard time tapping into your fat stores. So one way we keep insulin low is by not tricking our brain into thinking calories are coming. So when you had that zero calorie energy drink that was flavored, you know, our brains have not evolved with the times to understand that that's zero calories. Our brain tastes that and thinks, ooh, I'm having something sweet. I'm having something sugary. Even though it's zero calories, your brain doesn't understand that. So your brain releases insulin in response to that sweet taste and locks up your fat burning. Uh So. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so by having something, you know, like a diet soda or putting, you know, even something that seems so healthy, like stevia, it's all natural, right? It's sweet. It's delicious. Well, your brain thinks it's sweet and delicious, too. So it makes fasting harder, but it also keeps you from tapping into your fat stores. So when you told me that you had a really hard struggle, I had a feeling that you weren't, you know, fasting clean. You know, we also... Um, want to tap into our fat stores for fuel. So we avoid adding anything to our, our beverages. Like, you know, there's a very famous beverage, Bulletproof Coffee. I'm sure you've heard of that, yep, where you sure. add, you know, like butter. All butter, oil, MCT oil. And that's supposed to really enhance, you know, fat burning. But at the cost of burning your own stored fat. You know, really, the math doesn't work out in your favor. You're not going to burn more fat than the fat you just put in your coffee cup long term. So, um, you know, you don't want to add fat to your coffee. You also don't want to consume anything that contains protein because one of the benefits of fasting is something called autophagy. Have you heard of autophagy?
0: No, but let's let me, let's okay. let me just let's put a pause here because. All right. uh, Glad to. The name of the show is Guys Guys Radio. So what I want to do is start at the beginning to help educate okay. our listeners into okay. Your book is about intermittent fasting. What is intermittent fasting? And then when you talk about, when you're referring to in our conversation now, fasting, what actually do you referring to? The clean intermittent fasting or fasting itself? So let's first define intermittent fasting for our listeners? Because many of you probably aren't familiar with it.
2: The most common type of intermittent fasting approach is also known as time-restricted eating. And so if you've heard of someone talking about 16-8, or you said, were you doing 18-6? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's the time-restricted eating, where you have a period of the day where you're fasting, and that's where I want you to do the fast and clean, like I was just talking about. And then you have your eating window. During the eating window, you know, you decide what you're going to eat. It's all up to you. You know, depending on on how you prefer to eat. But the fasting time is, you know, the 18 hours that you were fasting, and then you have your all eating occurring in that six hour eating window. I follow kind of a loose 24 approach. I generally fast around 19, 20 hours most days, and my eating window is four to five hours. That's what works really well for me. Um, but there's many different eating window links, and they don't have to be the same day to day.
0: So we're talking about for our listeners who may not know, and many of you have, so please bear with me is like you would eat for a certain period of the day. Let's say it's one third of the day, six hours when I was doing it, it was I ate between anything I wanted basically between six and, uh, excuse me, noon and 6 PM. And then for the rest of the day, no eating and you continue and continue and continue. So a couple of questions there. While we're doing that, uh, you already caught me on my one mistake in that I wasn't just having water in the clean time, if you will, the fasting time. But during that six-hour period, and you, I also want to know about why you changed your window time frame. But for mine and for most people when they're doing a six-hour thing, can you, does that mean you can eat anything? You could just eat for six hours straight, or are there limitations to how to best do that?
2: Well, it depends on what your goals are. It depends on, you know, why you're doing it. At the very beginning, before your body is adapted to burning fat well during the fast, you're probably going to overeat during your eating window. So if you are brand new and it's the first week or two or three weeks, you may find that you're overeating, not losing weight, and you could be like, hey, this stinks. I'm I'm gaining weight. I've gained two pounds. Intermittent fasting is ridiculous. But over time, as you fast clean, and, and you mentioned before just water. It doesn't have to be just water. You can also have black coffee and plain tea. And I'm talking okay. about real tea, mm-hmm. you know, all those herbal teas that are, you know, fancy schmancy, like, you know, uh, you know, apple delight, that's not what I'm talking mean like about. Black I'm talking about tea, green real tea. Or tea. Or yes. Okay. Real tea, black tea, green tea. tea. Yes. Those are fine. Just plain tea. You want the, you know, the bitter flavor profile does not cause your body to release insulin in response. So, um. The, that's by the coffee and the the plain tea are fine. so you're you're fast and clean. Once your body gets good at tapping into your fat stores during the clean fast, that's when you start to feel better. And so as I talk about in, in my book, Fast Feast Repeat, you really have to be patient with your body as your body is learning how to do a new thing. Because if you are traditional, you know, eating all the time, like we, we've been trained to do, you know, to keep that metabolism up, that's what we've been told, you know, so, you got to eat breakfast and snacks. Right, right, right. Your body's used to running on, on the fuel that you've been constantly providing throughout the day. And so your body has to learn how to tap into fat for fuel efficiently.
0: Okay, Jen. So to do that, how long does it usually take? How long do people need to kind of stick with this to see some results and keep them going? Because as you mentioned, some people including myself, I noticed after a couple of weeks I was like, I'm not not only right. am I not losing weight, I was actually putting on a couple of pounds and I'm like, well, I guess maybe I'm doing it wrong because I was I was eating Uh, indiscriminately and now I'm sure that was probably a mistake but tell us from a time frame when can people expect to see some type of movement so that will bolster them and inspire them for continued uh, experience of the IF diet
2: well that's why I have the the section of my book called the 28 day fast start because I, I want people who are starting intermittent fasting to give themselves 28 days for your body to adjust. And I actually have in the book, I want you to weigh yourself on day zero before you start, take measurements, take photos before you start. You have all the data and then you don't look at any of that again for 28 days. Your only goal for those 28 days is to nail the clean fast and let your body adjust. Then at the end of those 28 days, I want you to weigh again, realizing your weight may not be down. It might be up four pounds it might not be down but that is going to be your baseline what you what you have at the end of the 28 days and from that going forward now your body should be getting adjusted now you're ready to start you know seeing what happens in the weight loss department
0: okay the guys guys radio your host robert manny uh, great show jen stevens is our guest she's talking about one of my favorite subjects which is diet and health and her book is fast feast repeat the comprehensive guide to delay don't deny intermittent fasting so um Okay, so 28 days. Now, during that time frame, what can people eat during their eating hours, in their eating window? What Mm -hmm. are your suggestions there?
2: Well, that's a great question because, you know, the title of my first book, Delay, Don't Deny, and then it's, it's in the subtitle of this one, that sometimes confuses people into thinking, kind of like you did when you were starting intermittent fasting, oh, I can eat, quote, you know, whatever I want. And so then you might have the mistaken idea that the amount that you eat doesn't matter or what you eat is irrelevant, not important. During the 28-day fast start, I want people to eat the way they were eating before starting. I don't want you to start eating more than you were eating before. I don't want you to also try to clean your diet up 100%. That 28 days is not a time for you to make a huge shift in what you were eating. So, like, let's say you were, you know, eating pretty healthy and then you start intermittent fasting, that 28-day fast start. Keep eating the way you were eating. You're only changing one thing at the time. You know, I also don't want you, if you were eating, you know, the standard American diet, I don't want you to... Um, say, I'm going to start intermittent fasting and I'm going to eat clean and I'm going to do Whole30 and I'm going to, you know, I don't want you to Mm -hmm. try to change keto all at the same time. You know, you may find that over time you gradually want to start making changes with your foods, but one thing at a time. Nail the clean fast, let your body adjust. Don't make, you know, dramatic changes to what you're eating at first. Either direction. Don't go try on. to clean it all up, but don't go the other way either. Like if you had I been like eating that. keto, I don't want you to suddenly add back in, you know, fast food drive-through. That's okay. not going to serve you well.
0: Let's talk about that window again. Uh, okay. So, for, for instance, um mine was noon to six because I figured well I can probably bypass the breakfast because we probably eat too much then anyhow I can still do the workouts in the morning right I don't want to be eating later in the evening so I thought that was a good window factoring all of that, those things in for an active person what's a good time frame for your window?
2: Well it really depends um, when you're starting off, I think what you're saying, skipping the breakfast, pushing your window back, opening your window at lunchtime, having maybe lunch, and then a little something later, dinner, that's a great way to start. Some people even start with an eight-hour window instead of a six-hour window. You know, then over time, you can start to gradually say, oh, you know, I feel better if I wait till two to open my window. Or maybe you're somebody that likes to open your window at 10 and have brunch. It's really very customizable. There is no best window timing. And that's what's so important. But you do find over time that your body lets you know. You figure it out. Like mm-hmm. for me, I open my window. You know, it's we're recording this. It's, um, you know, late afternoon, East Coast time. I haven't opened my window yet. I'll probably open my window today around 4.30, so, 5 o'clock. So,
0: so, so you keep it flexible then. So you can adjust oh, yeah. your window. You can turn Absolutely. the dial on it. I like that. That's good yep. information. It's so how about... About some of the you know sugar now sugar is 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 bad in my opinion from everything i've read and i notice it's a real trigger for a lot of disease and for just back bad stuff for the body and even our energy it goes up it spikes whatever there, a lot of problems with sugar and carbs can t- turn into sugars and there's problems with there and it seems like everything has hidden sugars in it under different names and stuff how do we and part of your process Uh, the fast, feast, repeat, factor in and work with and manage and dominate sugar. Right.
2: Well, in the feast section of the book, you know, I talk about choosing foods that work well for your body. One thing that's important is that we're all different when it comes to what foods work well for us. Like, for example, we all have a friend who did great on a certain diet, like maybe keto. I'll just use that as an example. Your friend did great on it, but you tried it and you felt awful. There are biological reasons as to why we're different. You know, we have different gut microbiomes, our genetics are different. There is no universal one way to eat that's gonna suit every body. And the science is telling us that more and more. The more research we have, the more we realize that. So when you're really tuning into what makes you feel great, you know, I've realized for just like you talked about sugar. I don't um, say no one should ever have sugar ever again, but I rarely have a lot of sugar because I have learned that it gives me restless legs. So I don't choose to have a lot of it because I don't like the way it makes me feel. And I've learned that I like to feel good. Mm -hmm. So that's the empowering part of. Of, of what we're doing now, you know, I don't want people to, you know, there's a whole chapter about getting rid of diet brain, the whole idea of good and bad for foods. They're really, it's not the foods that have the magic. It's you, you have the power to figure out what makes you feel good. And, you know, if you told me that, you know, this food doesn't work for you, it's okay if it works well for me, like potatoes. There are a lot of people that don't do well eating potatoes. I do great eating potatoes. They work really well for my body. I believe people who say they don't. Whereas, you know, I, I know what works really well for me okay. and, um, they feed my gut microbiome really well.
0: <laughs> How about, uh, what's your point of view on, uh, the, this whole carnivore thing uh, the lioness diet and all of that, where people are, you know, they're eating meat and that's it. Yeah. And, uh, it, they go through a period from what I understand is I haven't eaten meat in 12 years myself, but I'm not going to judge people, but right. I, I think it's crazy just to eat meat. I think short term you might feel great, but long term I just don't, I can't see that eating meat is, is the answer. It's just from everything I've read. Uh, but people are, are, are uh, touting this and saying, you know, okay, you go through a couple of weeks and you're, you're having projectile diarrhea and then after that you feel great and you're getting all ripped. What's your thoughts on this whole carnivore movement?
2: Well, I have to say, just like I said before, you learn to listen to your body and figure out what works well for you. I know I would not feel well eating all meat, but I also believe the people who say that they do. So, you know, you have the power in your hands to decide what works for you. I actually feel better when I have some meat, but not a lot. I went through mm-hmm. a period of time. I was experimenting um, recently and I was like, you know, what if I do just go completely vegetarian? And I I started to miss meat. And so I, I added it back in. i you know, gave myself some time and, um, it just, you know, I'm listening to my body and how I feel my best. And I think that's just what's so very important.
0: Let's talk about the book a little bit more. Um, it's broken into, it's very quick read. And and I'm saying that in a good way. It's not a throwaway book. It's meaty, if you will, uh, no pun intended, but it's got three (laughs) solid sections. It's got exercises you can do. It puts you on a really good plan. That's, um, reasonable and makes you feel good about it, and I, I I give you a lot of credit. It's a very good book. So the parts, the Thank three you. parts of the book are fast, feast, repeat. Why don't right. you get into a little bit about that? So. Uh, our listeners who are going to consider buying your book know what to expect.
2: All right. Well, in the first section of the book, fast, I teach all the readers about why. Why do we do intermittent fasting? What, what's special about it? What are the health benefits? You know, I like to call it the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. And there's so much good science. In fact, um, the New England Journal of Medicine just had a fabulous review article on intermittent fasting, December 26. It really is a very healthy way to live your life, not just you know for weight loss, but for so many different things. You know, I mentioned autophagy earlier briefly. The um, Nobel Prize in Medicine was awarded for autophagy research in 2016, and it's basically our cellular cleaning system, and it happens when we're in the fasted state. So when you fast, your body is not caught up in all the digestion and doing all of that work, but instead your body's doing the cleanup behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think of it as like recycling and upcycling and taking out the trash, if you will. And then the second part of my book, the feast section, you know, it talks about um, how we're all different, but also how to think about food differently. I talk about, you know, What foods are going to satisfy you the best? And I talk about the problem with ultra-processed foods. You know, the foods that you get through the drive through window or that come in boxes and bags, those are the ultra-processed foods. And they actually interfere with our body's natural satiety signals. So you don't get the I'm full message and you just eat more and you reach for another bag. And so the, you know, choosing you know a lot of high quality real foods are going to serve all of us better you know whether that's you know carnivore not not for you or for me but you know the real they they're eating mm-hmm. real food versions of you know the meat or you know whether you're a vegetarian or whether you're in between you're still choosing real foods that will make you feel better than okay. choosing the ultra processed foods all right part 3 Part three is repeat. And in part three, you know, I talk about a lot of different things from tracking your progress, what to expect, how to get through plateaus, but also the very important mindset piece, because that's really important. You know, if you start any plan, whether it's intermittent fasting or anything, with the idea, well, I'm gonna try it, but it probably won't work. So, you mm-hmm. know, the mindset is so important. There's All a right. lot of solid research there, and I talk about it in the in the chat in, in the those chapters.
0: A Couple more questions. Uh- okay. Gluten. Uh, what's your perspective on gluten? Your point of view, because so many people now nowadays have uh, what they believe is gluten intolerance. I I don't have it myself, so I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't. I don't have a, an <laughs> opinion, but so many people are now freaking out over gluten. Uh, is it real, or uh, is it something that's uh, psychosomatic? I don't. I don't know. I take well, people you know, at their know. word.
2: We have very complicated gut microbiomes and, you know, you've got trillions of little fellows living down there in that, that part of the body and, you know, they react to what you eat and say people who have trouble with gluten, you know, it's, it's what's happening when those foods get to their gut. And so I actually do believe that people can heal their gut microbiomes over time. So maybe if someone has trouble with it now, that doesn't mean they're going to have trouble with it forever. Of course, I'm not talking about people who have celiac disease. That's completely different. You know, they have to avoid it, Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, that that's that's settled science. But someone who, you know, if gluten bothers you, it's probably something, and, and you're not celiac, you know, obviously, then there's probably something going on in your gut microbiome. So there are definitely ways to heal that. You know, by the way, fasting is a very great way of resting the gut, and it really encourages a healthy gut microbiome.
0: Uh, for people who are listening and say, well, who is Jen Stevens? Why is she yeah. an expert on this? Just give us a little bit about your background.
2: Well, you know, I'm not a medical professional, and I want to get that out there. I actually, you know, I'm someone who's walked the walk and talked the talk. I lost over 80 pounds. I was obese. And, you know, now I'm 50, and I'm in the best shape I've ever been in, and it's it's from intermittent fasting. And so I'm a teacher, I have a bachelor's degree in elementary education. I have a master's degree in science education. It's an interdisciplinary master of arts and natural sciences. And I have a doctorate in gifted education. So I, I was a teacher. But then I started, you know, a very small Facebook support group just to help me and my friends who were fasting. This was back in 2015. And it's grown. And so when I wrote my first book in 2016, it was really for me to teach the world. You know, I'm, I'm a teacher. Like I said, I wanted Got to it. teach the mm-hmm. world the concepts of intermittent fasting in a way that people would understand. I wanted it to be understandable, relatable, and for you to see, hey, this this regular girl did it. Here's the science. You know, I'm a smart person. I can I can understand that, but you know, here's the science, but in a way that you can understand.
0: Well, you're, you're doing it the guy's guy's way, so thank, thank you. you. Um, all right, Jen Stevens, the book is Fast, Feast, Repeat, the Comprehensive Guide to Delay, Don't Deny, Intermittent Fasting. You've been fantastic. What I want to do, Jen, I want to try, I want to get back on the horse, try it awesome. again, and then have you come back on the show. And I'll report to you to. as to what happened, and I'll put the onus on me. So, let's, Got it. Uh, well, let's put, let's put that on, this, on the shelf and I'll make okay. sure I do that. It's up to me. And then in the interim, could you please tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and where they can get your book?
2: All right. Well, if, if you go to com, that's G-I-N for the gin, like Jen and tonic, Stevens with a P-H, com. you can find links there to um, my Facebook community. You can find links to my podcasts. You can also find places that you can order my books.
0: Great. Well, thanks so much, Jen. It was a real pleasure having you on Guys Guys Radio. You're a guys guy, even though you're Jen Stevens.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: It's Guys, Guy Radio.
0: Okay, fantastic discussions about dieting, weight, fitness, wellness with Dr. Ian Smith and Jen Stevens. So what did we learn today on Guys, Guys, Radio? Well, I learned a lot. I think the most important thing from Dr. Smith's perspective is that the mind is a very important component of any weight loss program. You've got to wrap your head around what your goals are, setting up some discipline, setting up some routines to really get yourself off and running and stick with the programs. Because how many diets do we go on where we do it for a couple of days, we don't get the results immediately that we are hoping for, and then we just say, well, maybe I will have that slice of pizza, and then the whole thing unravels. From uh, Jen Stevens, I think, we learned the kind of ins and outs of intermittent fasting. And I know it works for a lot of people and there's a lot of different ways you can do the program. I am on my third try and my body has adapted to it, so I'm not really hungry in the morning. I go from one to seven every day and I'm on my third week. I feel good. I haven't lost a lot of weight, but I'm going to stick with it. And see how it goes because I'm definitely not eating as much. That's for sure. So ultimately, I got to think it's going to work out. Maybe it takes a little bit longer to, for it to kick in, as uh, Jen had mentioned. So intermittent fasting, it's good for a lot of people. Uh, it, the fasting, the whole aspect of fasting, is good for the body. But you have to be comfortable with any type of diet plan that you choose. So I think that's the other learning there. You got to do what's right for you. Experts have their their ways. And then you have to decide, hey, this is for me or it isn't. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA in sunny Southern California, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 a.m. The show rebroadcasts on KCAA every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. The pod drops worldwide every Thursday. We've got 417 shows now, and we just launched a YouTube channel where we have what I call the best of Guys Guys Radio on there. And you'll have to explore it for yourself to see how it works, but it's pretty cool. And then we've got my website, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. We've got over 350 blog posts about everything about life, love, the pursuit of happiness. You can download three free chapters of my novel, which is the source material for everything Guys Guy, and that is the Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's been called The Male, Sex in the City. And it's a fun, sexy romp around New York City that takes place about 10 years ago before the whole world went completely crazy and kablooey like it's going now. So uh, what else? I'm all over social media. Robert Manny, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Everywhere, basically. The show, you can catch us on iHeart. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, CastBox. You can stream it on kcaa.com, Blog Talk Radio, and also on my website, robertmanny.com. So, Guys, Guys Radio, we're here every week, same time, same place. We've got a whole bunch of great shows coming up. I'm booked with guests through August, and I can't wait because you're really going to like what we've got in store this summer. So anyhow, stay safe out there. I really appreciate your support. I appreciate the support of my guests, my listeners. I love you all, and thank you so much. We'll see you next week. And as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.